Have you always wanted to become the king of your backyard barbecue or compete in the pro circuit, but don't know where to start? Fire up the pit and join us, barbecue fanatics and newbie competitors on the pro circuit as we share tips, tricks, timelines, and techniques. Plus, we'll share some of our sauce and rub recipes all in under 30 minutes so you can start taking action on your barbecue dreams. We are excited to have you join us as we venture unafraid into the world of competitive barbecue. My name is Kurt. My name is Kevin. This is Barbecue for Newbies. Welcome into today's show. We've got a special show today lined up for you. My name is Kurt Mueller, co-host of Barbecue for Newbies. My other co-host, Kevin, is traveling this week, and so we decided to just keep this as a solo episode and really share our story about our most recent competition, the adversity that we faced, how we overcome it, and the lessons that we learned. And so let's start first with chatting about the competition itself. So it took place in Barnesville, Georgia. This was a Georgia Barbecue Association sanctioned event. It was our first time competing in Barnesville, which is a little tiny town, basically south east of Atlanta, Georgia. So really, really small, sleepy town, uh, great people, met a lot of great folks. And so one of the first issues that came up for us was we were having some airflow issues with our Deep South smoker. That's a gravity feed smoker. And for listeners that don't know, a gravity feed or gravity fed uh, smoker basically looks like a big box. And on the right or the left side is the charcoal chute, depending on the size of the smoker, will determine how much charcoal it holds. Our smoker holds anywhere from 16 to 18 pounds of charcoal. Anyway, at the bottom of that charcoal chute, there's a firebox where you can put in the cherry wood that we use, pecan wood, or any other kind of wood that you use to bring that flavor profile that you're looking for. Connected to that firebox is a one and a half inch ball valve, which is there so that we can put a temperature control fan. So long story short, there is a small, small piece of metal uh, on the fan itself that is designed to restrict airflow. And somehow, some way, that got pushed down. And so that restricted the airflow, which meant our pit was not up to temperature. I didn't realize this, unfortunately, until about four o'clock in the morning. And so keep in mind, we normally put our butts on at 10 p.m. the night before, and we smoke them at 2.35. Well, when I woke up at four in the morning, realized the pit temperature was only 117 degrees. So I knew something was wrong, checked all the things I normally check, check the charcoal chute, make sure there wasn't a bridge, looked in the firebox, et cetera. And for the life of me, just could not figure out what was going on. Finally realized that that little piece, that sliding piece of metal on the fan itself, we use a Pitbull 25 CFM fan, finally realized that little piece of metal had been pushed down. Once I realized that, was able to get the pit back up to temperature. But here's the problem. The problem was, is that, you know, we were way behind. Uh, pork turn-in or pork butt turn-in in the GBA is at uh, between 10.45 a.m. and 11 a.m. And so, you know, normally at 4 a.m., we have already wrapped the butts, you know, in the neighborhood of 160 to 170 degrees. That was not the case. And so I had to make an executive decision and made the decision to cook hot and fast at 325 degrees to get those butts done much sooner. So first point of adversity we faced was having those airflow issues and figuring out how to handle that. One thing I failed to mention is 
in the time that it took me to figure out what was going on with our deep south smoker, we call her Black Betty, I made the decision to take half the butts. So we normally cook six butts in the first preliminary round. I took half of them. I took three of them and put them on our drum, our gateway drum smoker we've named Roxanne. And that uh, helped a little bit because at least it got three of the butts cooking a little bit faster, but it also impacted the airflow inside of that drum. And we were only able to cook three racks of ribs, which we normally cook six racks of ribs for the rib turn-in, which is 1145 to noon. So you can kind of see this picture I'm painting just created this domino effect and we had to adjust and, and make those adjustments on the fly. So that was the first point of adversity that we faced right out of the gate was that, hey, we've got air control, airflow issues, the pit's not up to temperature. What are we gonna do? How are we gonna get this meat cooked in time to turn it in? The second piece of adversity that we faced is it was really, really cold, unseasonably cold for that part of Georgia. And where the competition was held, there really wasn't an area for us to set up our tents. Normally we tent camp. We're not at the level yet of having a big RV. We're getting there one day. So there wasn't really a place to set up a tent. And so I made the decision to sleep in the trailer, which I thought was a good idea. Hindsight's 2020, of course, it was not a good idea. Didn't sleep a whole lot, it was really cold, ended up having to get in the truck and turn the truck on so we could have some heat and, and warm up a bit. So, you know, in addition to being frustrated with the airflow issue, not being able to figure it out, was also tired and cold. And so you, you can kind of see how this was starting to spiral downward. And candidly, it's, at one point, I was seriously considering just not even turning anything in because mentally, I just, I was not bought in. I wasn't there. And I think that was an issue. And so that was another piece of adversity, though, that we had to face was just the mental game of, you know, can we get this done? Can we hustle enough to get through this? So airflow issues, had some cold uh, issues to deal with. You know, it was, it was just cold, nowhere to set up our tents. And then lastly, another piece of adversity is that we we were late. We missed the port butt turn-in time by eight seconds and no excuse for it. 100% my fault. We were so engaged with making that pork box as beautiful as possible, which ultimately it was not. So it's probably a good idea we didn't turn it in. But anyway, we were so engaged with making that pork box as beautiful as we could, simply lost track of time. There's no other way to say it. Uh, I sprinted or ran fast uh, to the turn in and, and just didn't get there in time. That's bottom line. And so that, that was also really, really frustrating. Another blow to us. And so it just felt like the hits kept on coming. But in competition barbecue, you have to look past it, really. You've got to be able to overcome it and focus on the next objective. And for us doing a GBA competition, our next objective was the ribs because the turn in time for the ribs is between 1145 and noon. And so we had to quickly get over that frustration of, of getting disqualified for the pork butt and missing the turn in time, which extremely frustrating should not have happened 100% in our control. And we made a mistake, we missed it. So that's the bottom line. So we didn't have time to dwell on it though. That's my point here. We had to quickly focus on the next objective and, and the next meat category to turn in and started focusing our attention to the ribs. And so the adversity started to calm down a little bit uh, with the ribs. We were able to get them done. Unfortunately, we overcooked the ribs and I had, I had a feeling that we did, but that's all we had to turn in. And 
Uh, the judges <laughs> hammered us for that as well. They should. They were overcooked. We ended up placing 18th in ribs. We got DQ'd in pork butt. There's some silver lining here though. And that is we placed seventh in loin. And loin traditionally in the GBA is one of the toughest categories to place in the top 10. To give you an idea at that particular contest in Barnesville, the top three finalists that, that made the loin finals, they all scored a perfect 600 score in the preliminaries, which is almost unheard of. Uh, it's not uncommon to have a team score a 600 in a competition routinely, but it is very uncommon to see three teams at the same competition in the same category score a perfect score in the preliminary round. And so I felt really good about the fact we were able to finish seventh in the face of all that adversity. And keep in mind, let's remember, I was running the pit at 325 because I had those butts to get cooked. And normally we put the loin on the same pit around 7 a.m. in the morning. Well, I knew that if we did that, it was gonna be cooked much quicker than normal which makes sense. We were cooking at 325 versus 235. And so I decided to put the loin on at eight and it was done by about 915. And so I was a bit concerned initially that it was overcooked as well, but it had great color. And I think what really hurt us in the preliminaries on the loin itself was we had a little bit of a smoky flavor in there. So again, a lot of adversity, but I think the silver lining in all of it is we were able to overcome it. We were able to place in the top 10 in loin, learned a lot about dealing with it and how to overcome it. And I think that's really important. I think, I think competitive barbecue is in a lot of ways, a lot like everyday life. You know, we're going to face adversity on a daily basis. And it's ultimately how you react to that, that is going to determine the outcome. And for all intents and purposes, you know, we could have totally just bagged it in and said, to heck with this, we're out of here. We didn't, we stuck with it as frustrating as it was, but I think those lessons learned were worth the wait, right? Worth the frustration, worth the stress. Um, and I also think being able to know that we can overcome and make adjustments on the fly and still finish in the top 10 in at least one category was really, really helpful and really a good mental boost for us. And so, you know, I don't think it matters if you are a competition cooker or just simply you want to become king of your backyard, king of your street. I think you're going to have to face or you're going to face adversity when you're cooking, whether it be for competition or if you're having people over at the house. So how you react to that, I think, is really, really important. And I think those those parallels between life itself and competition barbecue are really, really interesting. Thank you so much for listening to Barbecue for Newbies. Share this episode with a buddy who's looking to get into barbecue. And don't forget, follow us for more on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Talk, Talk to, to you, you next time. time.